Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Father John and Joe here on special edition podcast, Jet Lag and Candy Cane edition. Happy Ordinary Time. Happy Ordinary Time. We are in podcast time. We just did one five minutes ago or like an hour ago. But Joe since then has found candy canes. Delicious. And I since then have found a studio audience that is triple the size of any audience we've ever had. Distracting and obnoxious. Distracting so and obnoxious. Well, they're not being obnoxious. They've been told not to speak or breathe loudly, but um, one of them is an international affairs major, which not a lot of people know is one of our highlights here at the University of Colorado in Boulder. I didn't know that. It is. People come from all over the world to study international affairs. I thought it, it was like a joke. Sounds like poli I thought it was a joke at first because it was like, all right, everybody read Time Magazine and then let's talk about you know everybody's thoughts on everything. But it's actually pretty substantial. So... Given this global topic that's rather serious, we got to be careful because we do have an international affairs It's okay. Major. She's not allowed to speak, so. She's not allowed to speak. That's right. But, but she does speak often, so we have to be careful. Joe, this is a difficult topic to deal with, right? Really? Is it interesting and it, difficult? Well, kind of, kind of. This is about Islamic uh, persecutions that are happening of Christians all over the world. So this is a very, very difficult thing to deal with, I think, justly. Uh, to not uh, make and draw things into extremes. But the reason we're having this uh, topic and this conversation is because I spent uh, a week at right after Christmas in the United Arab Emirates. Do you know where that is, Joe? It's in the Middle East. It's in the Middle East. Very good. You nailed the... Were you persecuted I was not, you there? I was not persecuted while I was there. All right. I hope you're going to talk about your experience. But my parents are there, and they've been there for six months. And one of the peculiar things is their Bibles were confiscated when they arrived at the country. Really? Interesting, huh? That is interesting. And you mean mom, like right when they, in customs? Uh, and they sent a shipment over all their stuff, and it got they went through the shipment and pulled it right out, and bam. Really? Yeah, and can you imagine my Minnesota mother trying to um, deal with the conflict of that? Oh, jeez. Oh, that's not very nice there. You took my Bible. At least give me some scotcheroos or something. Maybe I can make you some hot dish <laughs> exactly. or some chocolate chipokies. <laughs> chocolate chipokies. So she didn't like that. My dad wasn't necessarily too excited about it. But, Do they have uh, Bibles there now? No, they don't. No Bibles. Did you bring a Bible? Yeah, I smuggled in two things. Ooh. Alcohol and my Bible. I hope they don't come after you. Duty, duty free. Duty free. A little Woodford Reserve bourbon. Because you can't buy alcohol in uh, the these Islamic countries. I feel like we talk about alcohol just as much as we talk about Catholic stuff. That's probably true. Well, we should do podcasts on that because it's actually very much so tied into our monastic roots. We can justify our... Can justify anything. Our wild lifestyle. But it is interesting that the uh, the this living in an Islamic culture, even for just a week, it was really shocking. It was crazy. But I have to give an extended shout out right now. He's chewing his candy cane. <laughs> Our studio audience, which is now down to two. They're already bored. We already lost one. Um, <laughs> stop laughing. Everybody gets a free candy cane for coming to this podcast. So just enjoy it. But stop laughing. Face is turning red. <laughs> the, Her head's uh, explode. Look at that. Uh, Joe, Joe. We have a listener in Dubai. Do you know that? Yes. Her name is Car- uh, Carolyn Meyer. Can you tell the story? Because this is really cool. She's awesome. We're totally not getting to our topic yet, but no, I really but this is think important. this is cool. This is tied into the topic. So several months ago, I got an email from Carolyn with a Y, right? Yeah. And you're not paying attention. I am. <laughs> and uh, she said, hey, I'm in Dubai and I'm listening to the podcast, American Family. And I said, hey, you know what? My parents just moved to Dubai or uh, Abu Dhabi, which is an hour from Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. They don't know anybody, especially my mom. And uh, 
So I would love if you get a chance, send her an email or something like that or call her. It, she, it would make her weak if you took her out for coffee or lunch. And she did. And they had this like amazing lunch. My mom said, oh, she's just like one of my girlfriends from back home. That was what her response was. And so Carolyn Meyer quickly grew in uh, esteem and affection in the, in the Nepple family. So when I went over to Dubai last week, I had to meet her. And so we had a nice uh, cup of coffee. Her kids were there. And Steve was like, playing with the kids my 25 year old brother was playing with her nine-year-old and right about the same which mature, is appropriate Steve level. acts like a nine yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly but uh we had an awesome conversation and uh she's just great but the crazy thing is this carolyn meyer is from the same town as my family highlands ranch colorado that's what's crazy yeah so the fact that this random woman on the other side of the world would email me about our podcast, and then I would email her back about my mother. She would get in contact with my mom, and then she'd find out that not only are they from the same town, Highlands Ranch, they go to the same parish, St. Francis Cabrini, and she lives off the same street, the same main street, Veniford Ranch Road. That's awesome. Crazy. And they're in the other side of the world together, and my mom has a good friend in Carolyn Meyer now. And are they being persecuted? I don't know if she's being persecuted. That's an interesting question. There's only five churches... Catholic churches in the United Arab Emirates. Okay. Is that a lot? I mean, I don't know how big is that country. Well, well I'll give you an example. There's one church in Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. which is a city of about 8 million people. Okay. Yeah, that's not a lot. Uh, and they have 120,000 parishioners at that one parish. They what? 21 Christmas masses. That is crazy. 21 Christmas masses. They have 120,000 parishioners? Yeah. And they're all Filipinos or Indians mostly. So wow. to give you a quick understanding of the cult, uh, country of Dubai or of Abu Dhabi or of the United Arab Emirates, excuse me, studio audience is laughing, uh, making this all up as we go. It's not even a real country. There are uh, only 15% of the country is Emiratis, uh, citizens. The rest are made up of workers from all over the world. The average, just to give you an understanding, the, there was nothing in Dubai. Now, this isn't a podcast about this country, but it's very, very interesting. Fifty years ago, it was Bedouin tents and camels. That was it. Now, it's one of the most modern, and it's kind of the new center of the world. Yeah, but wild. the average Emirati, the average citizen, is worth $15 million. It's a Muslim country, but it's, a, it's interesting because it's actually taken Western understandings of law. So it's not Islamic law that rules that country. So, for example, the women don't have to wear the shalas covering everything except the eyes. Right. Could put that on part of our studio audience here. You know that would help keep us focused. I think, but they don't. They're not required of that, and there's not these different things. But in other countries, you go across the Persian Gulf to Iran or to Iraq, and you start getting in real trouble. So the answer to your question is: Are they being persecuted? Yeah, lost a Bible. They can't build churches, but they're relatively free. This right. is a huge deal that there are even are five churches in the United Arab Emirates. Mm. That's crazy. They right? have churches. They have churches. Right. That's never happened before. In an Islamic country. I mean, this is this has never been permitted, except in the last 40 years. Really? So this is, like, completely unheard of. Interesting. So, to the topic at hand, here we are. How many minutes in? Seven. Seven minutes in. Good. <clears throat> Time to move to it. It's our audience with us. We already lost one. Joe, when you hear about this and you hear, like, ah, oh, Christians being persecuted by Muslims, ah, that sounds like one of those things Christians are always complaining about. So, I want to give you two examples. I want to give a draw from an article from a Catholic and then a secular article as well. All right. The first one is from a guy named George Weigel, who many people know. George Weigel. George Weigel has a column called The Catholic Difference, and it's in our Catholic Register, syndicated all throughout the country. Excellent journalist. Very good, very fair. But you might say, hey, that's not too, you know, I don't know if I trust these Catholics. Catholics talking about Catholics, right? What do they know about Islam? Well, The Economist, the most recent um, 
article from last week. That's uh, a magazine that John just discovered. Yeah, and I like to sound like I'm actually more cultured and uh, <laughs> more in tune with what's going on in the world. Actually, what happened is I had a six-hour layover between my eight-hour flight and ten-hour flight in London, Heathrow, and was so bored that I eventually, my brother was like trying on perfumes in the duty-free shop. And once we got bored of spraying each other with perfumes, I was like, oh, The Economist, maybe I'll pick that up and read it. And I saw on the cover the persecution of Christians. So there's an interesting article in this most recent excerpt. So we have a secular approach as well. Right. That the, the economically and politically, even in the secular sphere, they're noticing the persecution of Christians. Okay? We're interesting. To the top. You were right. That this Here is we an go. Interesting this is an interesting topic. But first, let's crunch some numbers. Let's resurvey the ground because we live in the West and, hold on, drink of water. Do you want me to say something now? Profound, insightful? No, you always comment when I have a drink of bourbon. So I wanted to just point out that I'm drinking water. That's right. Hydration. One last thing about the United Arab Emirates. It's like the exact opposite out here. Everybody smokes, but nobody drinks. Here, it's everybody drinks and smoking is like oh, almost yeah. as evil as not recycling. Why did, Nobody <laughs> drinks out there? Nobody drinks out there. Yeah, smoking's bad and not recycling is even worse. Even worse. According so, to our studio audience. Yes, so recycle your... Cigarettes, studio audience, something like that. Joe, there are currently 2.3 billion Christians in the world. Okay? 33% of the world's population is Christian. Okay? And it's growing. That's not as much as it should be. Okay. But the point is... There's a lot. There's a lot. There are 1.6 billion Muslims in the world. Okay? Wow. So uh, not 2 billion, but growing. 950 Hindus, 460 million Buddhists, 950 million, 950, 950 million Hindus, 468 million Buddhists, and then, I don't know what this is, 458 million Chinese folk religionists. So, that's a lot, though. That is a lot. And then 137 million atheists. So, just to Hmm. give you a quick demographic of what's going on in the world, that on an average day, you have 80,000 new Christians in the world. Okay. 31,000 of which are new Catholics. That's a lot of Catholics. No way. Every single day, 31,000 new 31, Catholics. 31,000 new Catholics a day. That's right. That's great news. How many, let's look, poll our studio. Wait, how, how many, many of those Catholics? are just like being how baptized? New, how many new Catholics did we, you produce today? You can count them. She did zero. That's okay. Wait, how many of those are just like babies being baptized? I don't know. Maybe 30,999. 30, okay. The point is, this is just statistics. I don't know how many are converting. But here's the interesting thing. You have almost 80,000 new Muslims per day. So Islam and Christianity are growing at the same rate. They have more babies. What's decreasing is the number of atheists. Every 24 hours, there are 300 fewer atheists in the world. 300 atheists die. Every 24 hours. (laughs) Yeah. Good job. You figured that out. (laughs) Isn't that interesting, though? That is very interesting. Here's another statistic. 270 new Christian martyrs happened every 24 hours for the last decade. So the same rate of decrease of atheists every 24 hours is the same rate that Christians are being killed for their faith, That's being martyred wild. every single day. 270, 274 martyr, martyred Christians every 24 hours for the for past the last decade. decade. That's insane. Where are they getting martyred? Okay, that's what we're going to talk about. They're getting martyred all over the world, and there's a number of different things. And like I said, we have our international affairs major here, and she knows about this because she reads Time magazine. We should have given her a microphone. I know. We should have. She would have done a good job. But um, they're being uh, persecuted all over the world for different things. Here are some more minor ways that they're being persecuted. Um, Secular governments 
communist governments, and, and you think, oh, the USSR doesn't really exist, but in Northern Korea and these different places, you have serious China, you have serious problems that's coming from a secular atheist communistic government, that sort of thing, all right? You'll be surprised to hear that Hindu nationalists want to penalize Christians who make converts. So in India, you have Hindus who are persecuting Christians. In the Holy Land, you obviously have Israeli nationalists who want Palestinian Christians gone. Mm-hmm. So you have the persecution uh, and the... And they're leaving. The Palestinian and they're leaving. Christians are... They're leaving like depleting. crazy. But the main problem and the main source is in mm-hmm. Islamic countries. Really? There is not an Islamic country in the world that in some way, small way, does not persecute Christians. Every single country. Now, I would argue that the United Arab Emirates is probably the most modern and the most tolerant, so to speak, to use kind of a crappy word, right? but um, of Christians. I don't think there's any other country. But why are they? Well, because they've indoctrinated the Western democratic ideals the most. They're the only ones who have a real freedom of religion, understanding yeah. of that. They, they have West, they've taken Western practice of law. I met a lawyer... Um, who was actually French, who was doing studying, or she was doing law in the United Arab Emirates, and she said that they they practice you know British common law there. It's not the Islamic law, hmm. but this is very unique uh, for the world to see this happening. So there's this emergence that's happening, and change is happening, and with a globalizing world that um, economies are shifting and money is shifting and influence is shifting as well for the West and secular. European world. I felt like I was in Europe when I was in the United Arab Emirates. I right, felt I like can Dubai imagine. was like combo of uh, you know Cologne, Germany, with some city from Star Wars. I don't know. Are you nerdy enough to know the names of these things? Sorry, yeah. I can't help you. Okay, hey, you're, you're just pretending. It's okay. So, but the uh, the world that really is changing and it's being globalized and it's being affected. But fundamentally, we still have these radical uh, Islamic groups and and governments that are persecuting. So where are the Islamic countries that are persecuting? Okay, so and what main, does it look like? So the main Islamic countries, um, and this is focusing on the Middle East because that's the main pro, that's the main area. Of, it, of it, kind of a. So if you want to say where are, where are Christians being persecuted the most by um, by Islamic, well, in every Islamic country in the world, that's predominantly there is some kind of persecution. The main persecution is happening in the following countries: Egypt. Iraq, Syria, Jordan, and then those in Palestinian authority. Okay? Hmm. Now, in Saudi Arabia, I can't even go there as a priest. Just to give you an understanding of, I can't go there. If I was to say a public mass in Iran, I would be uh, imprisoned. Okay? So we're talking about this area in particular. It's illegal to be a Christian in Indonesia. I learned that from an Indonesian girl who wasn't Catholic, actually. She was Protestant, um, but a profoundly um, Muslim country. They have, uh, this is the kind of the understanding, and this is, we're drawing from George Weigel's article called Christians in the Middle East here, but he says, Middle Eastern Christians today have the distinct experience of being called Dimini, a second-class citizen existing on the sufferance of the Muslim majority Mm -hmm. in the Islamic State. So you live in a typical Islamic country. You are considered, you're classified as a second-class citizen, and 90% of Christian Arabs live in these in these conditions today. Right, and that's like that's like from the beginning of Islam. It's I mean, from the beginning of Islam. It, it is. And we live in this kind of Western understanding. We're so removed from this that we really think, well, every religion's good, and it's just you got bad Christians, you got bad Muslims. But it's just different, right? At the, the very essence, in the very beginning, you know, in the first hundred years of Islam, you, the spread of Islam and the empire of Islam, that's what they called it when I was in a mosque last week, they had conquered from India to Spain in a hundred years after the, the establishment of the, of the, um, 
of the Islamic Empire. And all the way up to Constantinople. I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and all the Crusades and, you know, oh, the Christians are so horrible and we hear these things. How could they do that? Well, okay, the Holy Land was taken, right? It was fundamentally taken. Right. We certainly do not and we do not condone or pretend like Christians have not done absolutely horrible things to Muslims as well mm-hmm. and that there hasn't been um, horrible things and that there's not really good and, and wonderful Muslims. I met, a, I met a lot of them, amazing ones, but there's something inherently violent in the beginning and in the inception of this religion. And the reason for that is because of its relationship to Christianity, its, re, its fundamental rejection of Christianity, and the very life and nature of the prophet Muhammad, as they say, mm-hmm. who was a very violent man, who mm-hmm. was a violent warrior, um, who essentially conquered the world in the name of uh, this religion. So we uh, are kind of taking a stand against kind of this modern understanding that everything's fine, everything's cool, coexist. That's kind of the big uh, bumper sticker we see up here. Well, it's it's not that easy. Uh, what you're doing is you're trying to get none of them to exist uh, is essentially the case. that At a certain level, uh, we share so much goodness and there's so much beauty, and I saw so much goodness and beauty in the people uh, and in the Muslims that I met while I was over there. But at a certain level, you go deep enough, and there's a fundamental disconnection between these two. Hmm. What do you mean you're trying to get none of them to exist? Oh, I think that uh, that, that bumper sticker coexists. Right. I actually think that essentially what they're saying is we don't want any of you to exist. Right. We just want this kind of universal human religion to exist. So quit quit making your claims about revelation, these sort of things. So, right, right. I got you. Yeah. Sorry for that. Let's turn to the economist real quick because this is what's interesting. You can say, yeah, you guys are priests and seminarians. Of course, you're going to be dogging on this and saying these things. But let, let's just turn to what uh, just a secular uh, approach would be. Okay. Christians in the Lions is the name of this article from The Economist, December 31st. The world's most widely followed faith is gathering persecutors. Even non-Christians should worry about that. Here's what they here's what they say. They do this they start running statistics like we did earlier about how the the, the world is changing and globalizing and, and uh, that the 2.2 billion Christians in the world are changing. The, we're seeing a decline in the United States. I think it's like from 96 to 86% practicing Christian or something like that uh, in the last 10 years. And in Europe, it's just unbelievably um, dark and desolate and there's a collapse happening. But you go to Nigeria, for example, um, and where you've had an increase of Christians from 9% of the population to 63% of the population in the last century. And here they are being uh, killed by Islamist attacks, uh, which are targeting Christians during times of prayer, right? And so wow. they're, um, just this has happened in the last couple of weeks, that in Nigeria you have scores of people who are being killed by Islamists who are bombing churches in times of prayer, times of liturgy, times of masses. In Iran and Pakistan, Christians are on death row for apostasy, i.e. quitting Islam or blasphemy. Dozens of churches in Indonesia have been attacked or shut. Two-thirds of Iraq's pre-war Christian population have fled. If you want to talk to somebody and get a realistic understanding of what this is like, talk to a Chaldean Catholic, somebody who's from Iraq who's a Christian. They'll give you a real understanding of what this looks like. But two-thirds of them have been run out of the country because the persecution is so bad in Iraq. In Egypt and Syria, where secular despots gave Christianity a shield of sorts, political upheaval and Muslim zeal threaten ancient Christian groups. Not all Christian woes, though, are down on Muslims, and then they talk about a number of different things as well that mm-hmm. are happening. But even this article, this very secular article, says that there's a specific problem with Islam, and in particular when Islamic law is being practiced, uh, mandating death for infidels, so right. to speak, in their countries. There is uh, signs of hope. You know, We see um, religious freedom happening in places like the UAE where I've been and uh, different leaders who are standing up and taking these different things. 
but there is something very, very tragic and very real that's happening on a global level that we're not in tune to, and we're being kind of indoctrinated by the media and by the culture here mm. in the United States and in the West, uh, and we're just not in tune with it, and we got to kind of wake up to it in a real way, and we can't be afraid to say that this is happening and this is extraordinary and this is specifically directed and targeting Christians and uh, we have to take a stand for it. So. Interesting. Are the leaders, you t- talked about how there's leaders rising up, are there Islamic leaders as well as non? There are Islamic uh, leaders that are that are kind of taking a stand for these things. Because it's interesting because it's something that is really a part of their, and we talk about tradition a lot in the Catholic right. faith um, and especially the Catholic faith, non, uh, where non-Catholics wouldn't talk about this as much. Um, but even if something's not in their scripture, if we see it in the early church from the very beginning centuries, it's very central to, it's very central to what we believe and how right. we practice our faith now has a lot more weight when it comes that early. And this is something in Islam that's from the very beginning. Um, and you see it with the Dominis and the, um, how they, their practice with occupying a country and how they treat their non-Muslims, uh, who are living there. Right. Uh, so I, I imagine... It's just it's just very complicated and very different than uh, it's for some for an Islam Islamic leader to kind of be speaking out against this. Guy. Absolutely, and there's not the authority, there's not the centralized, there's no structure to this. You know, it's just kind of the religion of the book, and there's right, practices, yeah. and you have these different groups that uh, Shiites and mm-hmm. Sunnis and these different things, and um, and even Sufi mysticism kind of playing in there. So you have all these different kind of variations. So there's no kind of centralized authority to say this is wrong, this is need to take a stand. But the people who are standing up, the Islamic leaders who are standing up and are saying this is wrong, are the ones who have um, imbibed Western democratic ideals of religious freedom, essentially, which is a Christian phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Right? We, need to re- we need to recognize that, uh, that this is something very different. Our inheritance is very different. And um, we just can't be afraid to say that. Yeah. We don't justify saying all Muslims are bad, all Christians are good. Well, of course we're not saying that. And we'll probably get emails from people who are like, how could you say these things? That's not what we're saying. But we're saying that on a global level, this is happening in a very scary way that, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of people are being killed for the faith every day. And we just kind of turn our, ish Christians, we turn against that and say, oh, well, that's just, you know, misunderstandings or radicalist groups. No, that's not the case. Right. So. It's, it's in a lot of places. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. And this is something that uh, the the church has actually talked about more and more as the because of communication, because of technology, because of the internet, our world is becoming smaller and smaller and smaller, and global, globalization is happening everywhere. Uh, the Pope, especially Benedict, has really encouraged uh, solidarity. With the, we have to, we have, we can't just think about our local communities and our local countries and kind of have all our focus here. Um, we have a responsibility because we have because we now know of the issues and we have the opportunity to know more. Uh, it doesn't take it doesn't take much for us to look up an article or look up some of this stuff. Um, we have a responsibility to support uh, our fellow Christians and, and non-Christians who are being persecuted, mm-hmm. not just with prayers, but with any way that we can. Um, and so it, it's something to, that, as Americans, I think this is kind of like an American uh, symptom of something where we 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 don't t- we tend to not think of much of the world outside of our own country, uh, and that's kind of the big critique of America, is that we're just kind of consumed with ourselves right. and our our you know Walmart and our consumerism and our mentality uh, materialism and all those things. But uh, this is a uh, this is something that as as Catholics we have a real responsibility to. So I appreciate your at least your uh, no problem. A little bit of man. a downer downer tonight. And sorry, this is the one you have to ever studio audience. We don't have Gobel making like fart jokes or something <laughs> uh, like we usually do, but. Um, 
But I think it's important, and it's. I on can't believe you just you just did that to Global. I just edit that, you know. Right. These things can all be. Edited. Yeah, we edited everything. I don't know if I have a email except from Becky Namke, but we already talked about her last time. So you got nothing. I got nothing. All right. Well, we'll round her out, close her up. See you next week. <laughs> That's it. That's all we got, man. That jet lag is, is pretty strong with you still. Jet lag, and you're out of candy cane, so we should probably go to bed. That's right. Well, I'm sorry I don't have any emails, but email us. We read them. Uh, CatholicStuffPodcast at gmail.com on Facebook. Catholic Stuff You Should Know. And like us on Facebook. We need to keep saying that because apparently like us. that helps get the word out. Please like us. We just want friends on Facebook. So It's not about that, but John wants friends. <laughs> John Nepple at Facebook.com. Please friend request it. Father. Father yeah. John Nepple. I like to, yes, your yes. father John. There you go. No, no, that's what I am on Facebook is what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not oh, okay. snapping at you on Father John Nepple, Facebook. Feliz Navidad. We'll see you next week.